Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 51st episode of the Talking with the Dad podcast this evening. Here we are, Steve. Zach. What's up, buddy? How are you this evening? Doing good, man. Good pre-show. <laughs> Got some good laughs back, in there. Back up from your mic a little bit. You're a little, a little too much. You're a little too much right now. No, that's too much. That's a little, you know, you're back and forth. All right, we're not going to do this. All right, we'll have to cut all this out of the fucking show now. This is absolutely ridiculous. Steve doesn't know how to work a microphone. I think the one of the funniest podcasts I've ever listened to, besides our own, is Bill Burr's. The Monday morning and sometimes Thursday podcast? Yeah, I, I can't even describe his sponsor skits are so hilarious. <laughs> like, I don't He's know which one it was. So many sponsors because of it. I don't know which sponsor it is. He's like, man, this stuff makes me want to run around. And he just goes, ah. And like, <laughs> Dude, Burr's funny, man. Burr's funny. The funniest thing that. Uh... I remember because Bill Burr's comedy is, is good, right? I think he's actually might be one of the Amazing. best comedians out right now. Um, but it's it's on the Rogan show when uh, Rogan's like, "Yeah, I give you some of that some of that help me to makes you aggressive, doesn't it?" And he's like, <laughs> "No, Joe, you maniac! No, it doesn't." <laughs> <laughs> that and when he's trashing trashing Philly, well, that's what made him huge, but. I think I think it's skit about his dog, and then you know the one that we can't name on the channel because obviously we don't want to, you know, we don't, don't want any trouble here. They're talking with a dad. Looking, look, we're desperate. We want people to like us. We don't, we don't need people coming over here tweeting things at us, saying bad things, catching pictures of Zach while he's out walking in his shorts. <laughs> and there he is, misogynist Zach. You have that kind of look where, like, if hard copy or one of those expose type of places caught you, like, you turn around and it's that, you know, you know what I'm talking about, that that slow shot to evil, like, you have that, yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have, uh, I've adopted that face over the years of, of uh, please stay away, don't say anything to me. My God, this is the worst thing I've ever happened in my life. Why are you talking to me? You know what I just found out recently, man? My wife listens to our show. She's our number one fan on Facebook, uh, the page. She's got the top diamond okay. bad. And uh, she was quoting the show back to me the other day, but she caught me off guard the other day when uh, – talking about computers with gavin and uh and i said something and she was like yeah but i don't know if that that platform is the best for him and i was like oh, 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 oh. Like, she wants to go so intel like, yeah i was like so she was like no we were talking about chromebooks because the school's giving them a chromebook and i was like <laughs> i hate chromebooks man they're really good if you're an idiot on a computer they're incredible you can't you can't mess it up right so they're pretty good Actually, there, but that that can't be true because so many people come to the school with their Chromebooks, and I'm like, how those did you people do this? are less than idiots. <laughs> they're I'm like, how did you even get to the driver's section? This is buried deep in the command line of the program. <laughs> how did you get here? <laughs> there's no drivers on a Chromebook. We we both know those. Uh, there's no drivers for portable DVD or CD players for a Chromebook. <laughs> Actually, I think they might have just added those recently. You know what though? They take they take advantage of those i fives, man. Well, mine has an i five. I think everyone else has like an Acceleron or a, a, a Celeron or an Atom. An Atom. <laughs> the Intel Atom is a is a wonderful, wonderful uh, cell phone chip from five years ago, and yeah. they put it in Chromebooks of modern day. So, but the nice thing about a Chromebook hey. is it's one hundred and fifty bucks, and they're right. disposable. You like you no, something no. goes wrong with it, you freaking break it in half and go get another one. That's not what you do. It's a luxury. Folks, don't, listen to Zach. 
If you <laughs> you break your hundred fifty dollar Chromebook, don't listen to that. Just break it's it not, and buy another one. It's so easy. You log in with your account again, and then everything's the same. Here's the problem. Uh, Google's running out of stock with everything that's going on, and not because in a bad schools, way. Because like, all the schools are buying them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes yeah, a lot of sense. Schools, uh, you know, regular citizens and stuff like that. It's it's a good it's a good option for people that don't use a lot of features on Windows 10 on their MacBooks, and that's something I find often. Like when people, you know, when you say buy- on Windows 10 on their MacBooks, no, and their MacBooks okay. and their right. MacBooks. Because to me, you said on Windows 10 on their MacBooks, and I'm like, wow, my brain just shut well, off. Well, you can put Windows 10 on your MacBook. Correct with Boot Camp, yes. Yeah, so or, or parallel if you wanted to if you wanted to do software uh, version and not hardware version man i remember when parallels first came out <laughs> like when back when it was, it was really hard to get back to to uh yeah, 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 yeah. you get into windows you're like how the fuck do i get back out of this and you have to watch some 14 year old british kid explain to you how to do it after he's explaining why he hasn't been around for a while and you know that he's yeah, really- i, I- I remember when virtual machines first came out and you had to use parallels in virtual machines sometime to, it, I, we won't go into it, some real tweaker stuff, but it was pretty interesting at the time. Pretty, pretty interesting stuff. Listen, here's what we're going to do. We're going to build Gavin a computer, right? But mm-hmm. I gave him an option, which I was then superseded on right at the table in front of my son. I was like, you can have a, <laughs> I was like, you can have a computer like daddy, or you can have a PlayStation 5. And he wanted a PlayStation 5. No, he's at a computer. Oh, that's my kid. Yeah. Is he? I don't know. No, I don't know. <laughs> the one thing, and then uh, the people at home, you know, obviously, if you know Steve, you know what his children look like. Steve could not deny his children <laughs> in the slightest. All, all three of them. All three of them are literally, you need the shirt that, that says Control C, Control V, because that's exactly what happened. Absolutely they could are. not deny any of them. They are little cute buggers, man. Uh, I'm I'm pumped to play this game tomorrow night, man. Well, humble brag people? there, huh? No, I I love them, man. Here's the thing: I'm a, I'm your traditional dad. I don't want them to know how much I love them until I'm on my deathbed and I finally validate their feelings. That's the wrong gonna, way of of doing and then everything. Sh- shut up. And then they're washed with flashbacks of how great I was as a dad, and I pass away, and one of them clings to me with one little tear. And they're like. He would have wanted us to pee on his body. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what they're going to say. <laughs> You're going to be feral by then. <laughs> this is actually, this is Steve's looking into six weeks into the future. <laughs> yeah. Listen, if my, if, it's a little more of the flies I, over there. <laughs> dude, I'm telling you, if, uh, every day I come home and my wife is not eating the children is a day that's good for them. <laughs> Santana truly is the best person that I know in America. Uh, <laughs> it, it's true, man. It's true. Motherhood is motherhood is no joke, right? So as we have women out here screaming, you know, about uh, states, you know, how you know, there are some people, some women who look down at stay at home moms, right? Let me give you sure. a little backstory on my wife. She went to school. She went to school for her career path. She graduated. She's an extremely intelligent, motivated woman. And when I met her, she was leading the path in her career, you know, and she was mm-hmm. in retail. And she's someone that can really, really like, you know, take a low performing situation, turn it into a high performing situation. Look what she did for me. I was a scumbag before I met my wife. Just peeing on myself, laying in the street in my own mess most days. And she's like, I'm going to change that man's life. And I've never now looked they're back. stuck. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's crazy because uh, 
stay-at-home moms and you had a little taste of this when you were hanging out with the kids you know kids are they're cute for three hours but then the reality just like a puppy is they need a lot of attention they need a lot of correction and i i just want to give a shout out to any stay-at-home moms that watch our show we would love to break into that key demographic we're always available for you to listen to on youtube spotify google Podcasts, all those platforms but the fact that stay-at-home moms don't eat their kids is amazing. <laughs> like, I remember one day when you were still working at the school, I Marco polled my wife from the the employee uh, eatery there, and then like she returned a video, and I could have swore I seen one of the little ones doing a flip in the background. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's an explosion, and she's just looking at me, and I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, well, it's I want to go back to work now. But she's got it down to a science, man. Sure. Like, I'm like, the, I'm the bumbling dad. Like, they say that I'm hungry. I'm like, all right, I'll make you. And she's like, no. When he says he's hungry, he's not actually hungry. He wants water. That one is actually hungry, even though you said he was thirsty. And I'm like, what's that? <laughs> it's like, like, can I get a cheat sheet for this? <laughs> Dude, oh, morons. You'll, you'll find out when you're a dad, man. You think you're intelligent. You don't understand what it takes to, to keep a household going. We have no idea. We have no idea. We are the President Trumps of our own. <laughs> we, uh, he doesn't know what the economy is. He knows about it. Right? <laughs> he knows of it. He doesn't know he what it does. People bring him graphs, and they're like, this is the economy. And he's like, oh. <laughs> Speaking of which, Zach, no politics, but I got to send you some of the memes from the DNC. Amazing. I, they're going to fall in deaf ears. I I. I couldn't Listen. care any less. You're picking on that poor old man of, of Joe Biden. I'm not picking on him. Other people were picking on him. I'm enjoying them picking on him. I actually that's, feel bad. Yeah, that, Wait, hold on for a second. Before, that's before even the show, worse. Said, whoa, 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 I just realized I stepped into a bizarro landmine. Literally before the show, you said F that old man. Whoa, you whoa, 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 you hate, whoa. You hate the elderly, man. I've seen how you treat them. When we were out that one day and that old woman almost brushed up against you. You were like, good God, woman. It's going to get on me. Don't touch me. I mean, you're not far off, to be fair. <laughs> Zach, what you playing, man? What you playing lately? What's going on with the stream? Keep the people up to date. Stream's going well. I don't know. I've just been just been pumping out content the best I can. You know, I've been yeah, playing yeah. a lot of Battlefield. Battlefield community, it's small but supportive, right? And playing some RuneScape on stream today, like a bunch of different stuff. I gotta find a game. I don't know if I can play Battlefield eight hours a day. You know, it gets kind of tiresome. But no, we're just working it out. Play, playing, play, having fun. You playing some PUBG? Uh, I watched. I watched a. Uh, just a little under bit. five hours, five hours of a vod, and I was just like, "Oh, okay." Now he's gonna end it with some PUBG, and you literally ended it with PUBG. Ended with PUBG. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that was from today. I was I was playing PUBG a little bit, um, put like three, four games, something like that, and to end the stream, and you know, got some kills, but nothing great. That's all right, man. You should you should be happy, more enthusiastic. You're a weird guy. I don't like. I just don't like PUBG. You just, <laughs> you, just you just pulled all the way in yourself. I'm like, hey, man, what's going on with the stream? You're like, that's great. Good, 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 life's good, all good. <laughs> no, I mean, what is there to say? You know, I, I'm, I'm doing it. If you want to come out and support, it's Twitch.tv. Zach and plays. Like, I don't know. Come out and say hi. That's it. I get asked if, yeah. if I was a, a Marxist Leninist stream today. My, what? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, absolutely. And the guy had a really funny name, and I'm like, I like your name, but don't ever come back. <laughs> 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 no, no, I, I, I enjoy your stream, man. Good music. 
all the time. You know, that's a big thing to me, right? Bit, oh, actually, I want to talk about music for a little bit. I have, uh, what do we got? What do we got? What do we got? What do you got? I've been listening to like these stupid mixes of, uh, oh, it's basically just like house remixes of songs that have been okay. really good. Yeah. You know, that's... I'm thinking about mixing some ska oh. in there. Um, yeah. since ska came before reggae and, uh, it, I'm thinking about, you know, Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, maybe some No Doubt, like all that kind of stuff, mixing that in there too. I do oh, enjoy some ska. Hold on for a second. Are we talking? You- <laughs> what? What's wrong? <laughs> Dude, I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to bait me into some shit, but I, I, went, to therapy. <laughs> I went to therapy today and I'm not falling. What do you mean? Ska came before reggae. It did. It did. This is factual. You could look it up. Let me ask you a question. Let me, let me ask you a question. Go ahead. Was there music in Africa before we called it music? Sure. Do you think that that music in Africa was called Afrobeat? Do you think they referred to their music as as the, or here's a better question, right? Jamaicans on an island. Okay. Do you think they, well, they're on they're on the they, island of Jamaica. Oh. Yeah, Jamaicans on the island. Do you think they called their own music ska, or did someone come along and start calling it ska? Well, no, the, the defined definition of, of the genre ska versus reggae came, ska came first. Wait, listen to me. I'm asking you if the native indigenous people of Jamaica. Okay. They're not really the Jamaicans. The Jamaicans. They're not really, they're not really indigenous. <laughs> but those the the transplants. people. Yeah. Do you think that they called that music ska? I want to get you on the record saying this, so when I get a Jamaican to correct you, this is this is what this is what I'm saying. The right was blues music blues before it before it was classified as blues. Right was rock and roll classified as something else before it was rock and roll. Right there's there are things that change within genres of music that make it something else. Scott came first. It was before reggae. You know why you're not answering the question? I'm answering your question the same way you answer my questions with more questions that don't make any sense. Listen to me. I'll tell you what the native people called their music <laughs> before we called it ska. They called it our music. They did not call it ska. But if you're going to start mixing in some ska, please don't make it the Mighty Boss songs. And if you're going to do uh, No Doubt, make sure it's earlier No Doubt. It, and is Gwen, real big Gwen fish. Actually, no. Real you should listen to this. No. You should listen to the Scatolites. You know who the Scatolites are? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's that's all you need. All you have to do is type Scatolites into your uh, music selection there. Best stuff you've ever heard. Will come I'm probably just gonna stick with the house music. It's been good. House, That's house what it music. is. It's been house house music remixes of like songs. Like the the uh-huh. one is um what was really I've heard the name of it, but it was it's a house remix of um Seven Nation Army by the White Stripes. Okay. It's really really good. So I kind of just been uh should check out Eric Murillo, DJ Sneak, uh Derek Carter, and Carl Cox. Sure, I'll do all of that stuff. Don't worry, I'll, I've like already write it down. And I'll like send, send it to me. I'll send you the mix. You know, I'm already typing over here about that. No, I, I I enjoy the music on your stream. That's a huge thing for me, right? I pop into somewhere and someone tells me, "Hey, I, I like to play a little music." You know, it's like when someone says, "Hey, can can I read you some of my poetry?" That can either go really well or it can go really bad. <laughs> bad, <laughs> usually bad, very very bad. <laughs> but you know, I pop in and you always have a good mix going on. And Zach actually responds to the mix request, so make sure you hit him up on that. But I want you to talk about the game we're going to be playing tomorrow, man. You, 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 so why I don't know about anything it. about the game. So th- this is where the unfortunate part is. You, you always put me in the spot where I, I, I'm i the all-knowing all guy. You literally, you literally told me the other day that I know everything about everything. Well, Steve. that's a good point. So we're going we're gonna to be playing Remnant from the Ashes. 
<laughs> I actually truly don't know about the story. I don't even know how the gameplay mechanics work. I don't know anything. So it's going to be a learning. You're going to watch me learn a new game, right? That's going right. to be, should be interesting, right? Because I don't think we've ever played a game that I've had to learn a new mechanics or how the game works or, or whatever. So we're going to be doing that tomorrow. Um, I'll probably stream it for sure. As long as all the participants are willing, we'll um, definitely be able to do that. And uh, yeah, we're going to play. Play right from the ashes. Uh, who you got in the fight tomorrow? Because I know we just, there's no way not Which to talk one? about it. Uh, the main, the main event. Dude. Who, who's on. who are the fighters again? Who are the co- competitors? It is Frankie. The answer, Edgar. I believe is that, is that actually that his name. I don't think it is. I think the answer is someone else. But I love Frankie Edgar, dude. Yeah, I do too. You, you can't tell me Frankie Edgar doesn't look like little Chris Weidman, right? Like if it was like they're like we made him more compact and better. Even <laughs> control T. <laughs> yeah. You gotta hold shift to make sure you keep the proportions. Um I think Frankie Edgar. Yeah. They're close enough to be a hometown guy, so honestly. I was hoping I would never have to sit through another over and state Peru fight again. And here's the messed up thing. I actually liked OSB. I, I like him as a person. I enjoy hearing him talk. I just have never gotten past the fact that he has never taken, in my opinion. And I respect him a lot. Uh, he's never taken the next step for his career. And he's got what's called gym loyalty to a default. But it's not the gym's fault, right? They can probably help him develop the tool set to take him to the next level. But it just doesn't seem like it's happened. You understand what I'm saying? Like sure. his striking has not has never gone up to the next level. He still kind of strikes unorthodox. It's just kind of right? Yeah. And uh, I, I got to be honest with you. Besides that... I, I, I didn't, I didn't know what the rest of the card is, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I don't know who these people are. <laughs> and that's not, a, that's not a bad thing. I mean, you got to build up the up-and-comers. Sure. I'm surprised you don't watch uh, Dana White's uh, Contender Series. What day is it on? comes on Tuesdays. Yeah, and it's on television, right? Like, on, like, cable? No, it's on ESPN. ESPN Can Plus. I watch it on Plus? Yeah. I might watch it. I don't know, man. Uh, Tuesdays are my long days for streams, so... Okay. I don't know if I, I even you. want to probably even commit yeah. to watching it. I just don't like, I don't know. I, I don't really, as much as I, as much as I love fighting, right. And I love the UFC right. and, and boxing and I don't want to watch the guys up and coming. Right. I want them to fucking be in the spotlight or fight a guy I know. And that's how I'm introduced to him. I find that to be more interesting for me. Um, I don't want to have to follow a guy's fucking career. Right. It just seems a little tiresome for me. I, I was never See, into that with sports either. Like I can never follow Fucking uh, Ryan Callahan was was my was my favorite hockey player. His jersey's hanging up over there. Um, but I didn't follow him from college, right? Like Chris Kreider, I literally I was at the first game Chris Kreider ever played for the New York Rangers in the playoffs after he had won the the NCAA championship with Boston College, and that's the only reason I know it is because I was there, right? He had been drafted hey. and decided to play out this last season of college because they were going to win the fucking championship. So and then he like literally. Won the championship, gets on a plane, flies to New York, and is playing in the NHL. Like, but that's it. Like, that's it. I, I couldn't follow. I couldn't be bothered to follow someone's career through college or or the uh, local shows or whatever, and then up into the UFC. It just, it just it seems tiresome to me. It's just like too much work. You know, the crazy thing is that I, now that makes a lot of sense when we were having our d- debate about John Jones leaving the light heavyweight division. You're not really invested in their early career up until the point where they become champion or blah, blah, blah. Hold on. So that's, that's not entirely true, right? Like I can be invested in your early career, but you have to be somewhat notable already. Right? Like, 
I could be invested in, say, Sean O'Malley's career. He's had two fights in the UFC or whatever, but he's still, uh, to me, he's still an undercard guy, right? Even though yep. he just was just the, the headliner for, or no, the co-main for a okay. fucking huge fight, right? Yeah. But for me, that he's still, in my head, an undercard guy. So, like, I could follow his career, but I, I just, I can't, like, keep up the date with everyone's everything. It's just, it, that's not my my level of enjoyment within, within the fights. I'll... I'll remember fights now once I watch them, right? We've had discussions like yeah. that, and um, I'll I'll keep I'll pay attention to people and and you know watch their fights or whatever. But I'm also not gonna fucking just be keeping track of everything all the time. It, it uh, it's just it's too much for me. I remember when I was that deep into it. Uh, so someone's career here's an example of someone's career. Obviously, other than John Jones that I've followed since I got into MMA was uh Neil Magny. So I watched his season of The Ultimate Fighter when he was on there, and it's amazing because uh Neil Magny was not, if I remember correctly, he wasn't picked as one of the favorites, but he made it to the finals, right? Sure. And then I watched him develop as a fighter. I think it's a little bit harder to do as an MMA fan because it, there is a lot of stuff to follow, you know, especially if you're watching them come up from this you know, like early circuits. You probably don't even have access to a lot of those fights. You'd have to go back and watch them on YouTube. But what stopped me from doing that really was the fact that it started consuming a lot of my time. Right. This is what I'm saying. I don't I don't have the time to to spend, you know, 60 hours a week you know, looking at fights and statistics and going back uh, and watching old shit. Like, I just I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was 60 hours a week. I, you know, I just made a number, right? But, like, <laughs> that's, you a, know, that's a hardcore number. That's a guy who's lost his family from gambling on MMA. That's <laughs> sorry. Um, but no, I, I, I know. I, 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 I get what you're saying, man. Here's the thing you, here's what you do, right? You don't watch the contender series too know about up and coming fighters you watch the contender series to enjoy something called free fights okay right that's fair that do you know what i'm saying like that's the only reason i used to watch uh tough was because i was like man i love mma but i can't afford to watch every card so i need to watch every free fight they sure. put out there the reason i jumped ship on the tough show was i, I can't deal with reality tv mixtures right Not at all I, 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 I can't deal, man. Like I, I will say I felt bad for Uriah Hall on his season because he was just the guy who got, you know, he's killing everyone. And on top of that, he's having a hard time, like, being human in the house full of humans type of scenario. And people are intimidated by him. But I think that was the last se season I took serious. The Ronda Rousey season sucked. Sucked. I, I, we, I don't think I've ever watched a single season. I've heard, like, horrible. Shab talking about being on it, right? Um, his season was horrible. His season was one with Kimbo Slice, right? Uh, I think Roy, was he, was he on the same team as Roy? Was he on well, Roy, he Nelson? Yeah. Roy, Roy Nelson for the final and yeah. got knocked out? But Roy Nelson had already had had wins in the UFC at the time that he was a contestant on on Tough, if I remember correctly. Same thing, Joe Lozon, right? Joe Lozon was on Tough yeah. and had wins. He had beat Jens Pulver already in the UFC. So do you know? Do you know what's crazy? Roy Nelson was a coach for one of the tough seasons. He was by far the worst coach. I'm sure. It's him, it's him and Ken Shamrock. Do you know how Roy Nelson would pick people for fights? There was no strategy or anything like that. Hey, this guy's going against this guy because <laughs> of this or that. He literally drew straws with people's careers. Holy shit. That's my boy yeah. right there. That's, that's I don't give a fuck. I'm already making Roy Nelson money. I'm already making big country money. Apparently a legit black belt. Never seen him do any groundwork, but anyone that's ever rolled with him says that he is a legit black belt. And moves, an even moves really well for a big guy. 
Yeah, even more legit kung fu fighter. Sure, I'll, I'll believe you on that one uh, at face value without <laughs> any research or <laughs> second thought. Um, yeah, uh, just speaking of a reality TV show, reality TV fucking sucks, dude. <laughs> it's the worst. It's honestly the worst. It sucks Although, that man. being said, A&E, hit us up. Oh. We'll do, we'll, we'll do a show. Yeah. 100%. It'll get canceled really quick. Yeah. They, <laughs> they'd be here over my shoulder. We're like, all right, and here he is playing video games for the 16th hour today. You start screaming at the, you're not supposed to break the fourth wall. You're screaming at the camera guy. Just get out of my face. It would, it would either be that or I'd look at him like, I'm the fucking best. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, what the fuck is happening? He went through the entire full range of motions in 13 seconds. <laughs> Dude, right before a wedding, uh, me and Sadia were upstate for one of our friends' wedding and I'm playing, uh, shout out to Kenji, I'm playing UFC, uh, I think Undisputed 2 or 3. Sure. Where, and uh, I got beat the first time. And I was kind of holding in how competitive I am with stuff. And then I went on a winning streak. And at one point, I stood up and I did literally that. I'm like, yeah! <laughs> 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 like, we out here schooling, motherfucker. <laughs> I don't know, man. Video games get you pumped up, dude. I oh, actually. For sure. I was playing a fighting game with Gavin the other night. We played the Power Rangers fighting game. And I'm like, this is going to be horrible. Man, let me tell you something. I went so deep in that game, too. I was like, the fight How bad mechanic, did you beat him? No, no, I wouldn't fight my own son. Uh, the fight mechanics uh -huh. in the game are amazing, too. <laughs> I was like, what? I'm like, how have I never played this game before? I'm like, these are the best combos I've ever seen, ever. That's awesome. We had a conversation about you last night about fighting games. Who's that? Who's um, it was me, Peter, and Peter's friend, Michael. And okay. I was explaining to we were explaining to Michael the situation with you and uh, JH at the school <laughs> about how he talks shit for weeks straight, and then you you didn't even lose health the first time you fought him. And we were watching and how incredible it was. And they were like, "Oh well, I wonder why Steve is so good." And I'm like, "I, I think I remember Steve telling me that." What he did to Jonathan is the same shit that his brother did to him his entire life. And and then Peter was like, so is his brother literally a god? <laughs> I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know, but I don't want to watch it. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, I, I, uh, Akuma's uh, move, the instant hell death, it's this weird series of button pushing, right? You have to do it. You have to be so good at it to nail it, to be able to do it multiple times. You can't button mash your way through this. Sure. This is where it gets to its highest level, one of the higher levels of skill. And I got my brother hit it on me like three times in a three-round fight. And this <laughs> is like so demoralizing when it happens because it's like he slides. There's a tell. You know there's tells in fighting games. Like before a character does something, you're like, oh, this is where I can dodge or whatever. See, and no I don't how, know that, though. I don't know that. Go ahead. No, okay, so let's take, for instance, when we were playing a DC game. Remember how we both got to the point where we could block each other's supers? In fact, it was one time when we did it back and forth like three times in yes, a row. And it's yes, like, yes, you know, yes. So because you start picking up on the tail. I could not stop this from happening to me. And it's like, you know when something happens to you and you know it's about to happen, you can't stop it? It's horrible. Dude. That's, where, that's how you break controllers, I have found yes. out. That's how I break controllers on the UFC games. Yeah, by the way, PS, uh, PlayStation Now, popping off right now. That's where we found that game for my son. Uh, there's some, before the content, not so great. Wasn't really competing with Game Pass. Now there's actually a lot of good stuff on there. Red Dead is on there. Uh, I was thinking about playing that while it's still free. Red Dead Control. 2? 
Yeah. Incredible. Incredible game. No. I just it I can't I've I've watched other people play it. I'm just like, man, it's just what is what's happening right now? This guy's running away from a a guy who's got a pickaxe. What did you do that to cause this? <laughs> That's the fun part, right? Because it's so it's a Rockstar game, so it's so random. The dialogue when you're walking around and people are having conversations with each other are hilarious. That's the that's one of the funny things in, in Grand Theft Auto. You'll be walking around and you know someone will say something so fucking out of the blue, and you're like, "What the? F- All right, okay, we're living life." It's a dark community too, man. There's this whole community about that brother and sister in the game that are like ancestral and like they lure you into their house. This is a whole thing in on YouTube. Red Dead? Yeah, in Red Dead too. It's like pretty deep into the game, and that did not happen to me. Oh, dude, I, I, I am going to send you the clip. Uh, maybe you want to go incognito mood for this because once I clicked on it once, it's you're like, no, I, I invite the dirty. <laughs> dude, it's literally, he shows up. I don't know who the main character is, but he shows up at a, some brother and sister's cabin, and he thinks that they're a married couple at first, but then slowly the weirdness starts to reveal that they are, in fact, brother and sister. There's one point where the sister entices you up to the uh, upstairs level and you either have to uh, m- you know, make the beast with two backs or you can kill her, whatever. If what, Whichever decision you make, the fat ancestral brother downstairs is going to be chasing you. And apparently he just chases you. Unless you kill him, he will follow you throughout the entire game. What? Yeah, I, this never happened to me. I, was, I, yeah. pl- I played fairly deep into the game. Probably definitely like 75% or so in. And that did not happen to me. I wish it would have because that should have been hilarious. <laughs> would you have killed the brother right away? Yes, I would have killed both of them right away. And and <laughs> yeah, hung their bodies in the back of my horse as I rode around. See, and that's what I'm talking about. Trying to find that's, a that's, It's a dark, it's a dark game. I, I am I am gonna play it at some point, but uh that'll be right around the time you play the Spider-Man game. Did you play Red Dead the first one? Huh? Did you no. play the first that that's the better game in my opinion? I think the original really? Red Dead Redemption is the better game. Uh, I think it has a more um, full story. I think the story makes more sense from start to start to finish. Uh, I think there's too many things going on in Red Dead Two for the story, like the actual story itself, to to be incredible. It's a very very good game, but I think Red Dead One is just like is like one of those masterpiece games, right? Like there are very few masterpiece games that that like are probably considered perfect. Right. And I think for to me, Red Dead One is one of those games. Dude, everyone who's played the game has always said that to me. Like they're saying it's it's playable even today. Even with the the graphics on the PlayStation sure. 3, people can still go back and play it right now. A lot agree. of people say that about the what is that game? Uncharted? Is it Uncharted? There's what is the name Unch- of the Uncharted games, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people play that. We just replayed the uh the infamous game, me and my son, sure. my son and I and uh I gotta tell you honestly, man. Like, even though it's a little clunky now, I was like, "Oh, this is like there have been huge leaps for games on the PlayStation 4." <laughs> like, it was still a fun game. It was still very, very, very fun. I I want to go back and play. Oh, play some of those old games, dude. But speaking of games, speaking of games, Borat Two is coming out. What the hell? Great transition, absolutely fantastic. Transition. <laughs> um, so no, it, it's just rumored to be in production. There are okay. photos of Sasha Baron Cohen in Borat in some old beat up truck in LA. So he could just be having fun or he they could be filming Borat too. I love the first movie. Me too. Changed. Me too. Absolutely. Changed my 
life, dude. Like I'd see him do the Ali G thing, which I was never really into. But, but when I watched, still funny, movie, still funny. But when I watched this movie, man, I was like, man, we're going into a new level of what offensive is because there was not one. <laughs> dude, that part where he's hanging out with the senators and they're they're explaining them how slavery how slavery really helped America, and he's just like, like he got to say that on camera. This is the thing I don't understand. <laughs> like they would some never people are good thing. at that, man. Some people are really fucking good. Uh, Howard Stern is incredible at getting people to say some stuff that they probably didn't want to say, right? Sasha Baron Cohen yeah. just puts people in these weird situations, and they just I don't know what goes on, but. Remember when he was at the rodeo when he's got the entire audience? He was like, we want to roast in the blood of your enemies and kill their children. And everyone's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, his style of comedy is, is incredible. Um, there, there will be never anyone probably after him that will do the same yeah. thing. Um, yeah. And there's a reason why his movies are so few and far between. It's because yeah. like, he gets all that notoriety right after and can't film another movie for 10 years. So yeah. it is a it is a treat when there's a true Sasha Baron Cohen movie that comes out, and it's an absolute treat. So if it is Borat two, I'll have to rewatch the first one, right? That is just a given. But we, I will be fucking, I'll be the only person in the movie theater to be there and watch the watch the second one for sure. You're not going to a movie theater, no, not at all. <laughs> Which is crazy to think about, man, because this is a movie I would want to see in a theater. I saw the first one on a you know less than reputable DVD copy, <laughs> but uh, I would want the full experience on this one, especially since this might very well be the last movie he's going to be able to make in this climate like this. Let's be honest, you know, pretty soon all this stuff is going to be on the dark, seedy side of the the dark web. You're not going to be able to watch anything funny. It's all going to get pulled down from Netflix. Plus, I got to be honest with you, man. His delivery. It's good. It's, it's good, very good, man. It's good. You know, um, I don't think, the guy from I don't think uh, Khabib thinks it's very funny, though. Who? Khabib. No, I, I don't give a shit about Khabib, what he thinks about Borat. What do you mean? I don't care about that guy's opinion on anything. I want to watch him fight. Um, <laughs> you know who, who else is really good with like that weird delivery that makes people like uncomfortable but say more things? Is the guy from Ooh. the uh, All Gas No Breaks videos. Oh, yeah, yeah, that I gotta be honest with you that I wish if if we I mean, we're too small for anyone to be paying attention to this, except for the all seeing algorithm. I would literally watch his videos on on channel <laughs> while having some drinks, because that was actually they're, they're pretty fun. I want to get him on the show. That would be incredible if we can get that guy in the show. I think we're thinking about the same guy, the same guy that went to the flat earth. Yeah, uh, the guy from all national yeah. breaks. Yeah, Andrew. Yeah, man, the look on his face when those people started rapping. If I could not have made a more awkward face, too. If we, let me, I want to prepare you for something. If we're ever out and about in the world when people are allowed to do human things again, and someone comes up and says, "Hey, do you want to buy my CD?" and they start freestyling, I want you to look at my face immediately because I almost always shrink into myself. And I'm like, I walk straight yeah, by him. I walk by him. <laughs> I walk by him. I don't care. My buddy calls, my buddy calls them squeegee rappers. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm good at man. I'm good at public. First of all, I'm a big guy, so people like pick me out of a crowd. Very easy to pick me out of a crowd, right? Um, right. And I always get fucking stopped on the street by these people. Always, the, them uh, people looking for money, people looking for directions. I was walking around the city one time, and it's like, do you know where Macy's is? And I'm like, yeah, it's that way. You just got to go there and two blocks and over that way. I had no idea where fucking Macy's was. I, I told them that's where it was, right? And I actually think I give them kind of the right directions, but not correct at all. Um, but like people stop me for shit, and I'm like, 
dude, I don't know. I, I don't want it, but I've gotten very good at just like the deadpan look straight by him and keep going. The ghost. That's what it's called. Ghosting someone just to the point where they're like, do I exist? Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> always interesting to see people lost in a city that's truly on a grid system where it's truly numerical, at least while you're in Manhattan. <laughs> I, I, now here's the thing I understand you could be coming from somewhere where like LA or no, no, no. Chicago no. where they have, where the streets have numbers and then the numbers suddenly disappear but quite literally when I'm in Manhattan someone says do you know how to get to 42nd Street I'm like well let's look at this Joan of Arc you are currently on 34th Street North that sign says 33rd Street what do you think that sign says <laughs> 32nd <laughs> Yeah, no, that city is very, very easy to get around for sure. <sighs> Boston's easy to get around. Boston's very easy to get around. Very easy to get beat up in Boston too. I thought uh, L.A. was confusing because it it's for me a city is Manhattan, right? Yeah, Where everything yeah. is so fucking next to each other. But they're like, oh, we got to go to fucking Temecula, and it's thirty miles that way. And I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> Like, like if you're in, if you're in fucking, if you're on Wall Street, you're like, hey, I gotta go to Hell's Kitchen. It's a kid. It's, it's an 18 minute walk that way. No, you know, I could see you working on Wall Street late in life, like, or I could see you in the 80s as one of those day traders. Like a, like, I thought about it honestly. I thought about it for a while. I was like a like a hedge fund manager, or like a day trader. Yeah, I could do that for sure. <laughs> just like some the guy gets your hot dog or to run like hold on Jeff just give me one second god damn it I told you I grab him <laughs> I've been like, doing cocaine all morning yeah exactly exactly yeah, yeah. I could definitely be one of those guys for sure <laughs> you know what's crazy though uh you would be surprised how many of the podcasts we enjoy or I won't say when we say when I say we I mean the queens we obviously the proverbial we people that we are collective. Filmed. Yeah, are recorded in that area of Manhattan. I don't know what it is, but apparently people rent out those. Uh, you know, when you get to 34th Street, you come right out of Madison Square yeah, Garden. Yeah, yeah. A lot of those buildings, if you look up higher levels, they're actually podcasts or streams for sports channels, XM stuff like that being recorded there. In that area, yeah, absolutely. But that doesn't change anything about Borat. Here's the thing: you people need to be prepared for, right? And I feel the same way about Borat that I do Eminem. He can't stray off the path at this point, right? He's got to give us him. I don't even want him to give us what we want. I want I the want movie. He wants. Yes. I want him to do what he wants to do, and I want to enjoy laughing at the expense of any people group, including my own, in this dark, abysmal time. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know, man. I, but Sasha Baron Cohen has, has, a, has a level of humor that uh, – you could get easily offended by and then feel dumb five seconds later. You know, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, he's not going to make fun of one group. It's everybody is free game. Anybody who'll say anything to him is free game, right? Like he's going to make fun of himself probably the most, right. And put himself in the most weird situations. It's just, it's just fun though. The movies are fun. They're hilarious. Well, I mean, that's a that's the great thing about comedy, right? I was listening to Rogan talk to one of his buddies that came on the show, and uh, you know, they're all jumping ship from California, heading to Texas, various other different places, and uh, he was talking about what it's like to hang out with other comedians, right? And then you forget what comedy brings to us. It allows you to look at a even we're even talking about Charlie Chaplin days, man. Don't act like any of this stuff is new. Charlie Chaplin was doing spoofs of Adolf Hitler. 
Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. Right. And it's like comedy gives us a mirror to look at the most horrible things and remember how horrible they are, but also to take a chance to laugh at it as sure. well. Not the, not the atrocious act itself, but the people who have propped themselves up in history mm-hmm. to be to be laughed at, right? Someone doing a good Bill Clinton skit, hilarious. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah. You can't you can't do it now though because that man spent too much time on that island and who knows what's going to happen next. Someone doing a Bill Cosby joke, that's funny, man. The, no the Eddie one- Murphy bit when he was at like an award show and they had just taken all of Bill's awards away, and yeah. fucking Eddie Murphy lays into him. It's one of the funniest things I've ever heard. The 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 old Eddie Murphy bit when he's talking to Pryor about how oh, yeah, um, yeah, Eddie yeah, Murphy yeah, called him. Yeah. And uh, uh, Bill Cosby called him. He said, yeah, like, yeah, the, cursing. He did, like the cursing. And, and Richard probably told him to tell him what? Uh, he told him to suck my D and have a Coke. <laughs> no, no, it's a uh, sit down, have a Coke, and shut the fuck up. Oh. <laughs> and it's, it's just incredible, right? Like, that stuff is so good. I love comedy. Um, I, I've loved comedy forever. Well, I mean, there's, a, there's an art form to it, right? Because you have to be somewhat of a decent orator. And I, I think, you know, you and I dif- differ on this, but uh, I actually enjoyed Dave Chappelle's last premiere skit because I thought just the storytelling was good. But that's why I like Burr, right? Um, but here's Burr's the thing. Burr's a good storyteller. I, love, I like Joe Rogan, but I don't like him as a comedian. I don't think I like his funny. comedy. I, I, I'm done with this podcast. Done with him. Done with- I'm done with Shab. I'm done with both of them. They both have, have two. What happened? Too many moronic takes that don't make any sense. Um, what happened? That's our whole bit. What's going on? <laughs> What's going on? What's no, going I'm on? just, I'm done. I just, I don't enjoy it anymore. I can't. I was listening to him and fucking um, Rogan and uh, Rob Lowe basically just sit there and jerk each other off for three hours. And I was like, I can't fucking do this, dude. I was like, I don't have time for this shit. I was like, I have podcasts that I actually enjoy listening to. I can't do this anymore. And then Shab was talking about how the, the Stipe win is is um, overshadowed by the dan- the the eye poke that happened to DC. Like, and after that take, after twenty minutes of that exact same take in five different ways, I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't do it anymore. So I just I, I unsubscribed and removed it from my phone, and I was done. I, I couldn't. I was just fucking over it. Right? What do you I'll mean listen. You removed it from your phone. I unsubscribed <laughs> from the podcast app. You like, unsubscribe? I uninstalled YouTube. <laughs> yeah, I got rid of it all. Um, you know, I have podcasts that I actually thoroughly enjoy listening to. I was like, I would spend more, more of my time supporting these people than I do these idiots. So I, I can't. I mean, to me, that's at, at, at now. If you if you listen to Rogan and if you listen to Shab, they sound like casuals in the in the in the market that they were so big in at one point, right? And I, I, I don't know. I just I can't anymore. Well, here's the thing, right? So I'm not against anyone unsubscribing from something. I I actually wrote a long comment to some dude, and I was like, man, I thought you were going to be an impartial voice and a blah, 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 blah. It's like, now I realize I'm the idiot because there were telltale signs of this not being what I thought it was for quite some time. Um, I I disagree, not disagree with your opinion, but I, I think that Brendan Schaub is bitter, and he and it comes out sometimes, and he can't admit it. And I've seen this about him in regards to the John Jones thing okay. for years. And, like, I honestly, Brendan Schaub, I know that sometimes fighters who were not considered the greats do make great analysts. He's not someone I really want to hear MMA opinion from. No, not anymore. He's, no, I, you know, and, like, the eye poke thing with DC and uh, Stipe, it is unfortunate that it happened, but it doesn't, uh, it doesn't take anything away from Stipe's win. You know what I'm saying? It, it just doesn't because – 
if I'm be, if we're all being practical about the situation, mm-hmm. <laughs> it just poked Stipe in the eye. Same thing, right? I mean, Stipe it, had a had a really severe eye injury in that eye. And uh, but it, it's no excuse. It's no excuse. And I think what's happening with Rogan in that in that regard is sometimes that uh, what did Rogan say? Did he agree with Shab? It's the whole fucking uh, the last round should count more than the than the other rounds and if you win the last round that should be the more lasting opinion on the on the fight the fucking fight should be uh bare knuckle and in a field and and just some of the fighters that he that he, he props up that don't have any any real evidence of the things that he's saying it's just it, the stuff is just it sounds so silly and it's like uh, yeah it's funny because he has some really interesting views rogan that is on steroids <laughs> it's a but I actually enjoy his his commentary when it come when he has guests on and he grills them about politics because for some reason he does really well. He's kind of an idiot that gets in there, but he's because he's an idiot, he's able to catch people who are way smarter than him out with really simplistic questions. But Shab is not my guy, man. I I was surprised you liked him to be honest with you. I was like, hey, but everyone's got one, right? Yeah, but I would listen to him. But I'm like, I yeah, I I can't anymore. Um, yeah, I, I don't. He's know. not funny either, dude. He's 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 I, not. No, some of his takes are interesting, but like that's about it, honestly. Um, I, I his that, stories are good. Some of them, the story told about uh, being on tough is really funny. About yeah. how like uh, someone was on like a racist rant and Kimbo comes in, he's like saying all this about our people, and Shaw was like, "What do you mean? I'm I'm not I'm not a black guy." And Kimbo's like, "Fuck, that's why we love Shaw. We can't tell what the fuck he is." And he shuts the door and walks away, right? And and that story is really funny, but. <laughs> Like, other than that, man, I just don't think. Yeah, it, it's not my thing. I, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I've moved on. Right? Let's just say that. I, I get you, man. Well, he is moving to Spotify, so he's, he'll be leaving all of us for a more hardcore crowd pretty, pretty soon. Paid subscribers. Yeah. You don't have to. Oh, do you have to pay for Spotify? Oh, you don't have to pay for uh, the podcast. You can do the trial, but most people pay for the premium features to be able to listen to uh, their songs without it being in some weird track selection that you didn't pick. I don't know about the. I don't pay for it to listen to our podcast. Yeah, I don't pay for Spotify either. Um, I, I listen to it's, music on stream, but that's really essentially about all of the music that I listen to. Honestly, I, just really quick, I, I got to ask you a question. You said you listen to other podcasts. What? What? You, you told me once upon a time you only listen to two podcasts. So what are the others besides the one that I know? So Painkiller Already, um, mm-hmm. The Smoking Tire, uh, Hardcore History. That might be I like it. that one. That might be I it. like that one. I like the Hardcore History one. Yeah. Right. Uh, you would like The Smoking Tire for your into cars. It's, it's a car podcast, so it's it's great for me. Um, and Painkiller Already, I've just been watching for a decade, right? It's started out as a gaming podcast. Painkiller Already is a reference to uh, a death streak in Modern Warfare 2. You, Call mm-hmm. of Duty used to fucking, if you died X amount of times in a row, they give you a death streak because you're like, holy shit, you need help. Uh, and Painkiller <laughs> would essentially give you double health. And, um, you know, they, they would be playing in these lobbies of people trying to, like, play with, like, the, the YouTubers at the time who were the biggest people in the scene. And they would play, like, these free-for-all games, like, private match free-for-all games. And one of the guys, like, like 30 seconds of the game was like, how do you have painkiller already? And that's where it comes from. So, okay. You know, that's a crazy thing, man. See, that's what I'm talking about. You see, you can do it with video games, not so much with fighters. You know so much from the inception of Call of Duty up until this point and every reference that someone would be making from from inside talk on that game but i, right? li- I you, lived it though 
You know, yeah, so I, I, I was there. I was a part of it. You know, I, uh, I was there, man. Right? Yeah, I was. I was. I was there. Um, <laughs> there's some huge YouTubers right now. Like a lot of the guys that came out of the Call of Duty scene that are huge YouTubers. My channel is older than their channel, right? Like that's that's great. That's how long I've been a part of the scene in some facet. So. You know, I went back on, my, on one of my old channels uh, last night and I was looking at, because I had uploaded stream highlights, right? This is how long ago this was. It was 2014 when I was uploading stream highlights. I might have been one of the first people to do that. It was rip, clips, rip clips from the stream and uploaded as videos on YouTube. I mean, you were showing me some stuff when I first got hired to the school and I thought that you were playing the game and... Uh... Remember, actually, I was like, hey, did you uh, accelerate this edit or something? Like, is this in fast forward? You're like, no. That's just how I play. And I'm like, Call of Duty. That's it. That's a lot of people running, ask that, man. Running gun, baby. Running gun. I'm more of a sit and strategize. Let's get let's get a team together. Maybe send out some emails. Figure it all out. Oh, crap. That's Battlefield. <laughs> you would like Battlefield for that reason, dude. You would like Battlefield for that reason. Uh, I, I, so I'm just going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to let you explain this to me. Explain topic one. Then A, B, and C, because I've never seen you do that before. So. The only reason I did it is because I was going to put COD Champs as a shit show, and then I wouldn't uh, have remembered the points that I was angry about at that time. <laughs> That's the reason. Right, I, so I'm going to push. I'm going to push my mic back. Let my camera focus. Take us away, Zach. All right. So Call of Duty Championship is going on right now. It's a four million dollar prize pool. Top team takes two million or something. Right. It's a significant prize pool um, for five people in, in an organization and such. Um, there's a lot of issues with it, right? Obviously, COVID hit. No one expected this to happen. Uh, we moved to an online format where it was a um, a LAN format prior to that. Uh, there's been a lot of issues. First of all, this game, private matches in this game are 12 hertz, right? So the way that the servers work is the higher the hertz, the more smooth the server is, the more amount of times it updates uh, a second, right? Right now, it's 12 times a second that it updates, right? That's really, really slow. For reference, most most monitors, the bare minimum you're going to get on a monitor is 60 hertz. So when your monitor is that significantly faster than your than your game, there's a lot of issues, right? And just the game plays really poorly. Um, the private match has different spawns than public matches. So like you can't even go on to a public match to practice like they normally would uh, because the spawns are so much different. Um, so that's just the top of it, right? Activision decided that, you know, every major sports league right now is, is doing a bubble, right? NBA's in Orlando. Hockey's up in fucking Canada up there doing their thing. Uh, baseball's not doing a bubble, which I find to be strange. And I don't think football can do a bubble. I think there's too many players. Um, but Activision could have easily said, hey, Columbus, Ohio, we have the infrastructure here. Let's do a bubble, a bubble in Columbus. Everyone's going to be here for the last month. And they're going to practice this way. They're going to play this way. They're going to do all of the above. Um, they decided that they weren't going to do that, that they couldn't afford to do it. It was a $350 million league, by the way. It was a $25 million per team buy-in. Um, there's that. Player, inherently, the, the, the COD Champs is online, so players are lagging out. Play, players are getting fucking hit offline. People are DDoSing the players and, and do all of the above. Now, when <coughs> that happens, Activision doesn't have a pause button in the game. They don't have a way of implementing a replay from a certain position, right? Like if you're up 100 to 50 in hardpoint, they can't just remake the game and start it at 100 to 50. 
right, and start from spawns. You, they can't do that. Um, they're refusing to replay games at this point. There was a situation where uh, a player had um, been hit offline two games in a row. They replayed the first game, and then during the second game, they said, we're not going to replay it again. That's it. You guys have to play it out 4v5. Um, there's that. And then they had so that we knew that this was going to happen since like March, essentially. Right. There should have been a plan in place to, to rectify some of this stuff, certain dedicated servers or whatever it, whatever it might've been. We've, we've known this for so long and they just dropped the fucking ball on it. I, I, I've watched every single call of duty champ since it was called duty XP for black ops one. Right, I've watched every single one. That's like ten years of watching this one event, from start to finish. And I tuned in today. Within the first forty-five seconds, I was in there. The stream went offline, and I was like, "All right, I'm out. I'm out." It's a fucking nightmare. It is an absolute nightmare, dude. Who is manning the helm on this? Like, who Activision. are manning? But who's like the? Is there a face that I can put the blame yeah, to? Yeah, like, a is... former MLB assistant commissioner. Okay. So a guy who is very high up in the MLB, I believe. Knows a lot about infrastructure in regards to gaming and bandwidth no. and, and such things. Obviously not. No, not at all. <laughs> Dude, it's a, it's a shame because I remember when we first decided to start covering this, and obviously we wax and wane on these topics, but... uh. It's a shame to hear it at this place, man, because there could have been a great way to do this. And Columbus, Ohio, we've been over this before, is a little golden mecca for so many things. But dude. they, there's already the MLG arena there. They yeah. built this five, six years ago for this reason, right? If something happens, we could always default back to Columbus. They have the the hotel infrastructure. They have the the land and facility and broadcasting infrastructure, right? Um, Adam Apicella's company, Esports Engine, I think is what it's called. They they're stationed out of Columbus, Ohio, because the MLG Arena is there. They handle all of the broadcasting for every one of the major uh, the the leagues right now, right? For the Overwatch League, they're doing the consulting for it. For the for a lot of the Counter Strike stuff, Adam Apicella built the infrastructure for all of this, right? And they're not utilizing what they have at their helm or the people that they're willing to pay or they just said, fuck it, we'll do it online on, on 12 hertz uh, custom lobbies that I don't have the correct servers. I don't have the correct spawns. They don't have this. The, it's it's bad. There's there are some mistakes that you can make, right? And you can learn from the mistake. You can learn and do better next time. You okay? Yeah. Okay. I see you, your hands going. I was like, yeah, I'm done with life. Uh, uh, there's some things you can learn from. I wonder if this is going to be the type of mistake they can learn from and course correct, or is this like the nail in the coffin type of situation? What do you think? Man, uh, it's the first year of the league. Um, I don't think it can be the nail in the coffin in the first year. Uh, I bet okay. it, I bet it's, it's a minimum a five-year league, and if something happens after that, then I think it goes back to the way that it was. Um, I think we'll see a lot of changes for next year, uh, hopefully. First of all, we got to get developer support for the game, right? I've, I've gone over this ad nauseum, but you yeah. can't have a franchise league and have zero esports support for the game. Um, I, that's the most asinine thing that you can imagine. It's like, hey, we're the NFL, but we're not going to provide refs. We're not going to provide stadiums. You're going to play at a high school. Good luck, right? Like, it's, and your dad is the only one watching the game. <laughs> right. 
my dad. <laughs> um, it's you know they provided they provide a platform for the game, but they don't provide the the infrastructure, the updates, the the tweaking. Like they have to they have to patch the game around esports, not the entire game. There has to be a separate separate uh, section okay. of the game for esports because you have this. Like you owe it to your players and your uh your your franchised teams because they paid you twenty five million dollars per team, right, to become part of this franchise league that you forced them into, right? Yeah. You forced them into this. There wasn't a hey, this is what we want to do, but you guys could also do this. It was hey, if you guys want to play esports and Activision, twenty five million bucks to make a team. And this is how it has to work. And this is these things. And and they're very they scrutinize the players and the Yeah, the, the I was teams. gonna make that point. But then when the they do the opposite, when the checks and balances comes in, right, there's only there's only the person with the hammer and the people don't have anything to say about it. And when uh you know, these players Octane comes out and says, Hey man, this is fucked. We cannot do these series of things and immediately gets fined. I don't know what the the money is or what the amount of money is, but immediately gets fined, and they're like, "You have to take that tweet down, right?" They that can't happen, right? They can ask them to take a tweet down, but they also have to go, "Hey, how do we fix these things, right?" Like, the players have been uh, a lot of the thing about Call of Duty esports is those players have been there since COD Four, right? Like, a lot of the same players have been in the competitive scene for that long. They've been in the competitive scene for a dozen years. Um, and then they give it to this guy who is an ex-assistant commissioner for the Major League Baseball, which is cool. That validates the sport a lot, right? It validates the <coughs> the league. But you can't give it to a guy who has no, who has no idea, right? You have to involve, you know, your your J Caps, uh, who's been who's maybe the longest. Uh, I think is two or three championships and potentially the longest uh, lasting player in the league at the moment. Actually, he's benched right now. Um, you have to involve your karmas who again is a two or three time world champion and, and has been there since the start. You have to involve your hexes who is, and your Astros who are your, your, the guys who were there for the origination and they're, they are the people who made the esport what it is. You have to rely on these guys, especially your first and second year. That's your, your core important years to help you develop this, this league. And they, they pretty much told them the, you know, sit back, we're going to fucking do it and good luck. Yeah. I, I mean, I just want to uh, circle back to what you said, how they scrutinize the players, the whole tweet situation and penalizing people. Like if you're willing to step into that realm of the business where you're treating the players with real consequences, you have to be willing to support them and give them what they want to make to make the game playable it, a good analogy the one you made about the football like you know you got to play the high school you're on imagine showing up to an nba game and they're like we're not doing anything with the floors and in fact there's no grip on the ball left right yeah and, and there's no no one's coming to wop, mop up any sweat imagine going stepping into the octagon and them saying that like yeah that part of the fence that's falling in your leg might slip through there at some point. That part of the cage is starting to indent. Yeah. The ground is sinking in. It, that sucks. I do think that was a great idea you have about creating a platform, a game, or a version of the game just for esports. I actually heard the same argument. Someone else said it in regards to Fortnite a while ago. And I, I can't remember who it was, but it made sense to me then. This makes sense now. I wonder what the barrier is. Obviously, money being one of them and the immovable object. Why would we have why would we have to adjust what we're doing? But you're right. They paid twenty five million dollars a team 
to sure. be a part of a league you created. You got to meet people halfway. And that's the only way the fans are going to come back too. People don't want to have to worry about things. How many times have you ever tuned into a game on TNT and it's been blacked out? Right? Like inexplicably, the camera stopped. You know, like, you're it like, happens, it, but man. It what are you going to do? It's it fucking happens. But like, it can't happen often, right? No, you know it, never, like, it never happens. It never that's happens, what right? <laughs> How many times, you know, there there might be audio issues, but that's a whole yeah. separate, that's also a whole separate animal, right? There's a yeah. live mixing going on because of yeah. that. Yeah. <sighs> and the technology has grown because of the need, right? You understand what I'm saying? Right. Like a lot of the engineering that we've seen from the sound teams and the video teams for live sports has grown because of the need. <laughs> the crazy part to me is the fact that Again, I'll mention him again. Adam Episode is the guy who laid this path. He was the production fucking guru for MLG from the, from the inception until Activision bought MLG and he left to make his own company, right? Him and Sundance Giovanni. Sundance is the guy who started uh, the MLG um, and then brought Adam Apicella in and he made it work every single time. You, see, you could see it from like Modern Warfare 2 or Modern Warfare 3 to when his last event was and see the progression that he made and how good the production was in Call of Duty. Go to last year's World Championship, right? COD mm -hmm. or Black Ops 4's World Championship. I didn't I didn't like the competitive scene of that game. I loved the game at the core. I thought it was a fun game to play. I didn't like the competitive scene in that game. But you go and you 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 look at the production and how they're doing things and they're working around a developer and an, and a company that don't want to be a part of it essentially, right? And right. they make it work and it's incredible. So I don't know. Activision really dropped the ball super hard on this this year, which is yeah. crazy because they already have the Overwatch League. They already do this with another game, and why they, can't they figure it out? Why can't they figure it out? I, I, yeah, I'm super disappointed this year in everything that Call of Duty has done. Um, we've talked about this at nauseum in regards to other things. Like we talked about it in regards to DC versus the MCU, right? And like MCU has a Kevin Feige. We talk about this with a uh, Bellator versus UFC. Bellator UFC has, has a Scott Coker. Uh, <laughs> you know what you know what his uh, fundamental flaw was he reached for the stars man and he just he didn't have the he didn't have the backing he thought he had and he also sold his company so he lost the backing that he actually had and <laughs> he is a cautionary tale man but you know ufc's got a dana white right man was a five percent partner in a company with the uh with the brothers but they knew the value of Dana, and they knew how seriously he took it, and he guided the ship. Every once in a while, they had to course correct him. Obviously, when you start kicking referees out of fights, and you start kicking judges out, that's something you got to address. But he has been, for the most part, the driving force behind sure. the UFC. He's the and, promoter. Uh, think, it's his job. Yeah. And uh, you need someone like that at the helm of COD League. Like You need someone who's invested. You need a Hex, I think, honestly. Or you need an... A, I don't know about Nate Shot. Sometimes I think about Nate Shot. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to feel. I respect the guy, but you need someone like that who's willing to forego everything to drive this thing to the point and understands how the fans work, how fan consumption of the the, uh, the medium works. And sure. You know what? You should go get the job, man. You'll go bald instantly. You'll, you'll turn into Dana White right in front of me like we're Absolutely. there at the interview. I'll, I'll, I'll... <laughs> I'll start the steroids right now. Um, yeah, no, is he, I don't. Is he on the is he on the TRT? Dana. Yeah. Have you seen He's him? 
For the last five years, he's doubled in size. I think the Hulk, when he gets more angry, it just gets bigger. I'm, I'm going to start taking the TRT here. So you think they'll give it to me if I make up some excuse? This is what you got to do. You got to get really drunk the night before because it lowers your testosterone significantly. And uh-huh. then you go in for the test, hungover as, as anything. <laughs> They're going to know I'm drunk. They're like, your friend Zach told you how to do this. He's been in here six times this week. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but yes, yeah, you could do that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm passionate about it. I, I don't know how much yeah. I'd, I'd want to be at the helm of it um, because it, it seems like you're in a situation that even if you're the, the commissioner of the, the, the Call of Duty League, you still need that fucking developer to work with you. And they, yeah. time and time again, especially Infinity Ward now, has shown that they do not want to be a part of it. Right. As much as they say they want to, there's, you know, they're not forthcoming as to how the game works. They don't provide the infrastructure needed to make the game work. They won't allow anyone in to critique them. The, the, the number of things I'd get fired from that job so fast because I'd be like, all right, uh, the guy, the head, the head developer for um, Infinity War, I think his name is Joe Ciso. I'm like, Joe Ciso, you're the fucking first person who has to go, dude. You have the single worst attitude. You have to fucking go because you're ruining everything, right? Fuck it. Bring in David Vonderhaar as the creative director for Call of Duty for both sides of it. That's the guy. That's the guy you want. And fuck you, Josie. So you got to go. You're the first person who has to go. You're axed, bro. You're axed. And they're like, "Uh, well, actually, you can't say that. You're just here to run the league with the stuff that we give you. And I'm like, all right, well, you can fuck yourself, too. And then I'd I'd leave. That's literally how it would be. I'd have the job for 22 minutes. 22 minutes flat. I'd get into my office. I'd sit my cup of coffee down. They're like, hey, you ready for your morning meeting? Yes, I am. Let's get it. Sit my coffee. I'd walk in, and that's exactly what would happen. Dude, uh, the only way to say it breaks that veil, as it were, between the uh, the league and uh, the developers is it's got to hit the bottom line, and the investors would have to get involved. You understand what I'm saying? No, like I know someone, exactly what you're saying. Uh, the issue some, is, is that the game sells a billion dollars every year. The investors aren't coming. They made, <laughs> not coming to the rest. Let's, let's think about this. They made three hundred million dollars up front for the league. Three hundred million dollars. The league doesn't pay the players. The teams do. They paid. They paid the fee to pay the players and to be a part of this league and promote the league for them. And you know, I don't think that these these league these teams are allowed to be. Uh, so Phase, for example, couldn't have been just Phase, right? They right. have to be the Atlanta Phase because they couldn't be the same as their organization that has esports teams in other things, right? right Chicago right. Huntsman couldn't have been even if it was still owned by optic couldn't have been optic gaming right even though somehow optic gaming los angeles made their way in so it was fucking confuses me because oh i know why because the overarching company isn't optic gaming anymore it's immortal um real quick i'm just i'm drawing a brain fart what is the name of the company behind uh huntsman with uh energy it's the same guy who owns the sacramento kings i believe uh andy something 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 um Yeah, man, there's a lot of things wrong here. There's a lot of things wrong. If this was a major sports league like the XFL, which didn't last a single season, right? It w- This wouldn't last a single season, uh, but it's yeah. esports. It, their barrier to entry is much less. Um, more, It's more accessible to people. There's, yeah. there's a lot of things that, that esports has going for it that Activision seems to be fighting against right now. Um, 
and I sure I mean, as hell hope that they get rid of this uh, this development team, or at least the the leadership at the development team for Infinity Ward, which is crazy. If you, five years ago, you asked me, Infinity Ward is are my people, you know. Infinity War to my people. Call of Duty 4, arguably the best Call of Duty ever made. Modern Warfare 2, my favorite Call of Duty ever made. Modern Warfare 3, maybe the Call of Duty I had the most fun playing, right? They made Ghost, which is kind of an iffy game, but I like the movement in it, right? You ask me in that era, and I'm like, no, no, no. Infinity War are the best developers for Call of Duty. But then you get Advanced Warfare and Infinite Warfare, I think, came out of the same development team. Maybe one was Raven or Sledgehammer. Um, and then you... And then you get Modern Warfare, and you you look at this and you go, what the fuck happened? I know the answer to the question, but what happened, right? And then you look at Treyarch, where Black Ops 1, great game. Black Ops 2, the single best fundamental Call of Duty ever made. The single best Call of Duty ever made at its core mechanics and the way that the game played. Black Ops 3, which was a good game, but it was the Jetpack era, so it gets an asterisk. Black Ops 4 was incredible to me right obviously they made world at war before the black ops series which is regarded as a great call of duty they haven't missed where infinity ward hit hit and then everything after that's been a slide <laughs> we're coming with the nail in the coffin because it's funny because now as we talk about that we have to talk about what's going to make you excited <laughs> the black ops game the Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, we confirmed the name. I've been saying it for months uh, of right. what it's going to be. We're going to get our official reveal on the 26th, I believe, um, sometime in the afternoon. I don't know if I'll be live for it. I have a, I have an, I have fucking get my eyes checked out that day, so hopefully it's not during that time. Um, yeah, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Did you see? Did you see the uh, the teaser trailer? trailer? The teaser trailer, yes. Where yes. um, they're talking like it's that it's the fucking guy. I don't know his name because no one does, right? And, uh, the mon uh, when he's monologuing, yes, right. Yes, yes, and yes. it's to me, it looks like they're going to take the game very seriously, um, right? Which is good. We haven't had a serious Call of Duty in a while. They've all been kind of silly for a long time now. Um, so maybe we go back to core mechanics. Maybe we go back to a fucking reskinned Black Ops Two. Like I, I don't, I don't know, but. I would leave it to David David Vonderhaar and, and the team at Treyarch to make the better Call of Duty. And uh, that's what we're going to get this year. So we're finally going to get a reveal late August, um, a month and a half shy of when the last game released. It released in October. Um, we're going to get it in late August. So we're going to see. Maybe we'll get it in November. Maybe we'll get it in October this year. Maybe we'll get it in January next year. We're not sure at the moment. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna get a new Call of Duty and we're gonna get some information very very soon. I gotta get rid of this little refrigerator. It sounds like someone's kicking the wall over here. But dude, I actually enjoyed the little teaser trailer. It got me really pumped, and the cinematography for it, the editing for the monologue, and just the tone of the monologue very itself. Good, absolutely amazing. My buddy sent it to me. A lot of people I know are pumped up for it. I, I don't have anything else to say on that because I suck at the game, man, right? So I'm probably not going to play with you guys this time. I'm just going to play the campaign mode by myself and, you know, enjoy that. You know, just in case you don't like the game and then you turn on me and it's like, the next thing I know, I bring it up. You're attacking me in public, leaving me at McDonald's again while I was eating my double cheeseburger and I hadn't even finished my last bite. I'm not going through we all that We were already again. 10 minutes late to get back to work. But I still had to <laughs> you go drop you off. <laughs> It's going to be good. I, I'm pumped up for it, man. Uh, let me ask you a question, though. All right. 
if this game bombs sure if it's bad are you done no 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 i don't give up on a series after after one or two bad games i can't how many more how many more six man you know here's the here's the hard question right it's the same it's the same thing with people who buy madden every year and and the same people who buy nba 2k every year and they fucking complain about the game every year and how bad this is or how bad that is and can we go back to this year right I'm going to buy the game. I love the Call of Duty series. I'm very passionate about it. Um, it it's fun for me, right? It's like Christmas every year when the, when the game comes out. I'm I'm excited. I, I couldn't have been more excited at that moment. Like, that's that's my thing every year. Um, I don't know. They'd have to take a real fucking deep dive for me to stop buying the games. <laughs> Someone I know was going to be playing Titanfall tonight. I was like, man, I've heard such amazing things about the game. Like, have a good time. We're going to play the first play the first one work their way up to uh, part two might have a good time uh just doing the campaign mode but there's not a real campaign in the first one if i remember correctly it's all based around this the not, player no it's just um the well, second what's one the had story a, i don't fucking know um <laughs> i know that the, the game I, I only play the multiplayer in these games let's be fair right i don't play the campaign in anything uh any shooter multiplayer shooter at least um titanfall and titanfall 2 had the single best uh, movement and gunplay mechanics in a, a competitive shooter in that in that regard I've ever played. Titanfall 2 is maybe yeah. the single best, it's super underrated, but I think it's the best multiplayer shooter 5-on-5 five five that maybe ever made. I think the game is incredible. You should stream it. There's no one playing it. I don't know why my voice is cracked right there. Did I you don't hear that? Know. I don't know. I tried to cover it up with being loud. Um, <laughs> there's no one playing it. There's no audience for it. So it doesn't make sense for me to play it. Guys, forget the audience, man. You're an artiste. You do what you want to do. No, that's do dumb. You, um, do, you, do you think Vanilla Ice asked himself, what do the people want? Or did he say, it's going to go din, 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 din. <laughs> you gotta add the in there. Um, no, I, I don't know. It's different when sampling songs. Um I don't know what you said. It's different when you're sampling songs. Um, no, I mean, I would play it. I don't have a downloaded. It's a fucking 700 gig download or whatever it is. Um, no, it's I, think it's I think it's 80 gigs. The first one was notorious for being the biggest download maybe ever uh, when it had come out. Slightly bigger than Grand Theft Auto or World of Warcraft at the moment um, because it used non-compressed audio. So it would download 40 gigs and expand to 80 because it would do non-compressed audio. That's insane. Do you know dude. the story of how Titanfall was developed? No. Would you like to know, sir? I would like to know. I'm going to take a sip of my water. Why are you tell me? Inf- uh, Infinity Ward, the people who I hate so much to this day, made the two best Call of Duties in a row. Call of Duty 4 modern warfare 2 back to back right obviously with with world at war in the middle um halfway through the development cycle or after so like the the patch cycle of modern warfare 2 after the game has been released three months in half the team quits gone didn't didn't like something that was going on so modern warfare 2 never got any patches really there's glitches in the game to this day um they go and make a little known company a little-known uh, studio called Respawn Games makes Titanfall. Amazing. Incredible game. Makes Titanfall 2 a, a, a better game, right? It's hard to... When you fucking hit the nail on the head, it's hard to strike lightning on that nail afterwards, and they... God damn, they did it. 
And then the third game that they make is Apex Legends, Apex Legends and blow Titanfall and Titanfall 2 out of the water. Respawn, I believe, even made that stupid Star Wars game that you like so much. <laughs> what stupid Star Wars game? Uh, Fallen Fall Order? Order? Yeah. The game is amazing. Shut your filthy no, mouth. No, it's Star Wars, so it's stupid by by default. Um, I'm going to kill me a lumberjack tonight. Continue. That's fair. So that's how Titanfall was developed, because they all left Infinity Ward. You know what? You know what's interesting? Oh, this is a stupid camera, man. You know what's interesting? I love watching people play Apex Legends. I hate playing the game itself, though. As far as BRs go right out right now, it might be the worst one, in my opinion. Um, they didn't do anything to the game to keep it up to date or change the game whatsoever from the core mechanics. Um, when you're in an era of BRs that have to compete with Fortnite, and Fortnite changes every three or four months and, and adds new things, and the mechanics are different, and you know they're always doing these hype events. Next week, you're getting uh, Fortnite partnered with Marvel. Right. The next season is Marvel based. So huge, right? Huge. Two Titans absolutely teaming up together to make one fucking super Titan, which we would generally call a monopoly back in the day. But we don't believe in those anymore. Um, <laughs> Apex just stayed the same. They released a new map. The second map wasn't better than the first. I don't think it was worse. It just wasn't better. And uh, they didn't add guns. They didn't. Uh, they added new characters, but. That's about Nothing it. Nothing changed. Nothing, Nothing changed. changed. The game was the same. So it was fun for the first three or four weeks, and now here we are. It's the same game. Um, um I think I got Titanfall 2 for free with something, but I never installed it. I might check it out one day. It's very I know good. That it's very, I would play with you for sure. Let me know because I'll play with you. It's, it's, a, uh, it's an incredible game. I've never played the campaign, so I'd be interested. It might not be co-op though, um, so that wouldn't work. The multiplayer is very fun. The multiplayer is very fast-paced. Um, the, the way that the mechs and stuff work. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I like, I like Titanfall a lot. I love mechs, man. Uh, I'll tell you who I don't love. Actually, I'm, I'm not going to do it. I won't do it to you. You take me where you want to go for the rest of this conversation, Zach. You know why? Because you are a man with a vision. You're a man in charge right now. What do you want to talk about? You hype train hating, no Sean O'Malley liking. You just you pooped on the poor man and you ruined his career, man. It's so, listen, I actually I, hold on for a second before we actually know it. Now I realize how upset I was about this at first because I wasn't upset. You're a contrarian, and I can dig that. I can respect that. Uh, but Sean O'Malley, man, I was really really hyped about this fight because this was supposed to be the step up and we get to see how he does in the brawl how he does with a pressure fighter how he does with someone who i thought i thought ellie wyland was gonna give him, uh, uh, give him a little bit of a harder time than he you know didn't give him a hard time at all this in my opinion is one of those moments in sports where i feel really bad for an athlete because this might be the tale of his career you know, this is like he's he's obviously injury prone. Same leg, right? Same leg that he injured before. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. His, I mean, I don't think it diminishes his star, but it definitely puts a a question mark next to him. Like, is he going to be able to maintain? Here's the here's the issue. It looks like right now I'm the only I'm the only person thinking that. Um, I have said it to you, and I think I put that thought in your head. But I have not seen a, a single other reporter say the same thing that I did. Uh, and yeah, no, I'm, I'm, hold on. 
I'm not. I'm not considering myself a reporter. I'm just. I'm, I'm just a fucking arm, armchair athlete. You said it. Is it's out there? It's too late. <laughs> um, too late. To me, he seems injury prone. He's had what four fights in the UFC, and he's been injured yes. in two of them. Severely injured in two of them. Won the first one, obviously. Uh, the famous interview of Rogan getting on the ground, interviewing him while he's laying on his back, but still severely injured. Should have lost that fight. Herb Dean saved him in this fight. Honestly, this is the best stoppage I've ever seen any ref ever do. There was no reason for that fight to go on any longer. Um, now, let's not discredit Cheeto Vera here at all. He's on like a six or seven fight win streak at this point. Um, he's beating up everybody in that. No, division. he lost his last fight. Bad decision. That's why he came in with a chip on his shoulder. Okay, he's on a six fight win streak. Um <laughs> And now you have Sean O'Malley the, the two days after the fight is over posting videos on Instagram of him him dancing on that same leg that he couldn't move on, right? Yeah. That's not a good look. You know, him on on his podcast with, with, with his idiot co-host uh, going, you know, you know, you could do everything to win a fight and do everything perfectly and be leading the fight and in and out and moving and hitting him and not getting hit and then lose the fight out of nowhere for no reason, right? Like, you can't be saying this stuff. You're going down the Ronda path. Right. Someone needs to get get next to this kid and put realism in him and say, hey, listen, man, the, all of the greats have lost, but all of the greats come back from that loss better than they lost. Right. You have to learn from this. You can't let this get to your head. Um, you know, on, on his Instagram, he keeps his his win loss record in his bio. And it says 12 and 0 right now. And I, I don't I didn't even know this until I was like scrolling past one of the things. And one of the comments was says 12 and 0 shouldn't it say 11 and 1. And he goes, what do you mean? I didn't lose that fight. Like you can't be so egotistical in in your own head. Like a lot of being a lot of being a fighter to me, what it looks like is being able to realize when you're humbled, being able to realize that you lost that fight, looking at it analytically, going, OK, I can't do this again. And then moving forward. Connor does that. Connor's the biggest egotistical shit talker maniac that I've ever seen. And when he lost to Nate Diaz, he's like, hey, listen, he's the better fighter tonight. I got to I got to look at this tape. I got to study what he did, what I did wrong and come back and win the next fight. Right. That's what he did. And he, he did it right. But now we, we got to see how Sean O'Malley bounces back. Um, he was on a two year fucking layoff for testing positive for marijuana twice, I think. So we got to figure out what's going on there. So and, here's an interesting thing. Sorry, I'm sorry. Finish your thought. No, go ahead. I'm done. I'm done. No, no here's an interesting thing because I agree with 99.9% .9 of that. I think someone definitely needs to get past him. But you, this is the age we're in. We're in the age of the spin and we're in the age of the narrative, right? The narrative is that I'm, you know, King Alpha. And I, I never lose, right? But that's just not realistic for most combat sports athletes, man. And uh, There's only one I think to ever do it. Currently, uh, there's only one to ever do it. It's Khabib. Yeah. That, yeah it, I mean, it is so hard to do. There is only one guy right now to do it. And yeah. No, absolutely. There's no contra. Well, I don't know his record prior to the UFC. I don't know what his fights look like. You know, but yeah, I, I, I don't trust. know either. But I'm, I trust that, you know, it's, it's all legit and it's all there. But here's the thing. So. Sean O'Malley needs to come back, whether he runs this fight back right away, entirely up to the matchmakers there. But when he does come back, he's got to starch the dude. And I'm not just saying that as some just bleed fan, right? He's got to come in and beat the guy so impressively, but it's never going to erase that L. And that's the thing people need to understand. It'll always be there. Some troll is always sure. going to bring it up. You just accept the loss, man. You just accept the loss. I'd had a hard time finding the footage of the kick that injured him, and then I believe you sent it to me, 
and it's like you just accept it, right? It was a, you it was just, a good calf kick, you know. That's all it is. He kick. caught you. You see him you in a bad spot. And he tries yeah. to step it is, and it, what it looked like was um, what do they call it? Uh, Same thing happened to Henry Sudo, and he powered through. By the way, right? What do they call it though? There's a name for it. Drop. You told foot. me. Drop um, foot. You know, like. I don't. Know, I will man. say this: He I, was leading the dance, and I was seeing some looks from him where I was like, "Oh man, this is going to be a quick fight." But you know, he got ca- he got caught there. We'll never know. You lost. You lost. But some people might argue that maybe if his ground game was a little bit better, he wouldn't have got you know elbowed damn near into oblivion. But even then, it's like he's he's a compromised fighter. Sure. He can't push him off. He can't pull him into his guard, depending on how bad the injury it is. But I agree with you one hundred percent in the regard where you look at this loss and you say. What can I do? In this instance, there's got to be something I got to do to keep myself better protected from low kicks, which, as they harp on in so many fights now, has become a trend. It's a new technique. It's amazing how young mixed martial arts is because it's like something new comes in and then everyone starts implementing it. Sure. But it's something that has been done in kickboxing and Muay Thai for quite some time. Forever. But it just finally made, it made its way into MMA. Um, one thing I did want to talk to you about in regards to Sean O'Malley, I think that maybe he needs to look at the marketing of who he is as a fighter because I like his character, sure. right? But you don't have to go so far because I can see the direction that he's heading in now. You don't have to be that guy, right? People, I think people really enjoyed him because he was kind of this aloof cavalier figure. Sure, no one wants another well-dressed Conor McGregor polished. No, you're not. No one's going to be able to reemulate that. I agree with Chell Sonnen's assessment of the entire situation, which is. It doesn't diminish his star, but like you said, you keep going down this path, and it can definitely take away from it because then people are just going to see you're another insecure guy. Or he's, he becomes a gimmick, right? Yeah. That's the issue is, is he becomes a gimmick, right? Um, I don't want to see that happen. He's he's fun to watch, right? He's a fun yeah. fighter to watch, right? His striking's very good. He's, he's fun to watch. But I, I can't watch someone become a gimmick and, and not say something about it. Um, yeah, that's not, what we do as responsible journalists. You and I, right? Reporters. Correct, right? Reporters. Um, but that's what he's doing right now. He's walking down the same fucking path that Ronda went down, where Ronda was on top of the world, was so full of herself, was surrounded by oh, yes yeah. men, and then when she loses, it's like, holy shit, I want to kill myself. Literally, is what she said. Right? <laughs> you know what's crazy about that loss, man? People. Oh man, I've seen the worst assessment of that fight with Holly Holmes that I've ever seen, and I. I stopped myself and I almost wanted to tell this person, like, you should stop watching fighting because you obviously don't understand what's going on in a ring or an octagon. Someone referred to Holly's win as Holly running away and then getting a lucky shot. I'm like, that is the most moronic. Maybe the most accomplished striker that had come into the UFC as a female at the time, I believe. (laughs) Right. And like she took Ronda so far out of her comfort zone. With lateral movement, and they refer, and that's why I get so mad at the the Mayweather naysayers. I'm like, are you really saying, do you know what the word running means, or do you not understand that there is evasion even in boxing and kickboxing and MMA that's tactical? And it's just idiotic. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I don't really have much to say. Um, I hope that the uh, I hope he comes back. I hope he comes back strong. I hope he gets whatever his issue is with his leg fixed. Um, if it can but- be fixed. You can't, the two days later, like, be making fun of the fact that you lost, right? You still lost. Yeah. 
right? I, I get you want to make light of it. It's probably it's probably hard for you. Um, it's probably extremely hard for you. You had never lost before, uh, but you can't like be like, oh, you know, I'm dancing on the leg two days later, dude. Like that <laughs> that makes the win from Vera look even better to me. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because you're doing too much. Did you hear Askren's take on it? Ben Askren's take on it. As much as I don't like Ben Askren, as much as you don't like Ben Askren, he's still a good analyst because he's. He's, he's a funny around, guy. He's been around the game for so long, right? Yeah. Um, what did that guy have to say? That that beautiful Afro old man. He would have never let someone cart him, like take him off on a stretcher. He said, you know, if he was that, it doesn't matter how injured he is. He had one good leg, and he would have hopped off. So he I'm said, to, I, he said, I instantly went. Go for it. Think about if you've ever seen anyone carted off before on a stretcher, right? Macy Barber yeah. tore her ACL in that fight against Roxanne Modafari, right? Walked off, you know. Um, Anderson Silva with a broken leg thing might be the exception, right? I don't know if he was yeah, if he was stretched off. He was for that. Car- he was stretched off in pain. Yeah, yeah. He had shattered his leg, right? <laughs> he made an L of his leg. <laughs> Literally, he took an L and made an L of his leg uh, against. Was that against Chris Weidman? Um, yeah. Connor fought uh, who? What? Chad Mendez with a torn ACL, right? Walked no, off. No, uh, Max Max Holloway. Max Holloway with a torn ACL walks off, right? Yeah. Every fighter that you see has a leg injury, whatever. John fucking ripped his toe off and walked out. Right? Oh, man, remember that? Thiago Santos <laughs> tore both of his ACLs and walked off. And Askren's like, dude, you, you can't do that, man. You cannot. Like, that makes your loss even worse is that you took the easy way out on the way out, too. So that was well, his I'm- take on it. No, I mean, that's interesting because I can definitely see how someone could see that as you were either trying to play it up in the time, the time that the injury happened, or you're trying to downplay the loss now on Instagram. So definitely, I agree with him there. I was trying to remember how Askren left the octagon that night when Jorge Masvidal knocked his soul he out walked. of him. He walked. He walked out because he had that look in his face that he knew he wasn't. He, you, when he looked at it, you knew he wasn't there. They, they ushered him out of there very quickly. Did you see what Dom Reyes said about John Jones? That he's leaving the division because he doesn't want to have to fight him again. Um, I disregarded that because Dom Reyes is hyping his fight against Jan Blankovic. Uh, that's all that is. He's trying to be marketable because John yeah. wasn't marketable. Uh, John Jones' marketability was people were waiting for him to lose. That's that's what that's brought it, end of it. It, but that's the same same way Floyd is. But Floyd's way more marketable than him. Um, the issue with, with John is that the antics outside of the, the octagon is what kills John. Oh, what? 100%. 100%. It's, it's weird, though, because John will always, whenever he fights DC, that's when his, sh- his star shines really bright. Because people, for some reason, at the time, looked at DC and they just said, ah, well, I really don't like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Which is crazy, like, right? Because he's going to go up and fight Stipe. And Stipe is, is actually, I think, one of the more marketable people in the UFC. Right, his numbers is before this. Yes, we've had this conversation. I think Stipe should be valued by fans more, and hopefully he will be now. Well, I think he should be valued by the UFC more. He should be enormous, man. He's uh, he's a son of immigrants, right? Works super. Parents work super. He's got the Modelo commercial. What else do you want, man? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I'll shut up. Um, (laughs) You know, he's he's a full time firefighter outside of yeah, uh, outside of being a fighter, like. Yeah, the guy should be in the same way that fucking Amanda Nunes should be super marketable, and they don't for whatever reason. Um, I, I don't understand. I understand the way that UFC does their marketing sometimes, but 
Stipe should be one of the biggest fighters in the UFC at the moment. Well, I think so. You got to remember that you have to be able to be marketed. Like you have to be someone that people like, you know, they're they, they, when they do these tests and they have these uh, focus groups and stuff like that, people have to look at you and respond to you. Right. There has to be something about your story that resonates. Now, I the immigrant told you thing, the fucking story. <laughs> yeah, but that's not fighter, dude. But listen to me, man. That does not, for some reason, resonate with fans. I'm hoping that it does now. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm hoping that it does now. They could put, they could spend some more. You're right. You, they could spend some more money, get some focus groups in there, and say, "Hey, what do we need to change to make Stipe a better focus groups, dude?" That's what. What do you want, man? You want to change how things are done? Who are you? Who do you think you are, man? Changing the way we make. I mean, uh, the way the UFC makes money. I don't. I don't. I don't get paid you don't make anything off of it. <laughs> Where's my cut if you uh, do? <laughs> you know what's gonna be and uh, about Amanda Nunez. You know, Amanda Nunez. Obviously, there's a diamond in the rough if you look at it from the right angle, and they're just not utilizing yeah. it. But I think they're be, I think they're being careful because you have to remember there is a certain demographic of people who consume mixed martial arts still. So you would think Amanda Nunez, she checks all the boxes, right? She's a woman of color. Check. She's a woman of color who's uh, in a same uh, same sex uh, marriage. Check. Right. She's an immigrant. Check. Speaks <laughs> well. She speak okay, <laughs> you know. Speaks like, well enough, better than fucking Khabib. See, Khabib's different though, man. Like it's not even about just wanting him to lose, right? It's also about the fact that this man is. I will get into Khabib another time. We're actually going to do a whole show, and I'm going to show you the lunacy of Khabib fans, right? Because I'm going to show you how he had no fans when Anthony Pettis was champion, and he was just another troll. Obviously, his manager running that Twitter account because Khabib couldn't string together the things that he said, like in these disses. It was, it was hot fire, as people say. But I think they're missing the boat with Amanda Nunez. I agree with you there. I'm not sure that Dana White knows how to market her. I'm not sure Dana White <laughs> knows how to market anybody. Um, I know Dana, oh, White no, knows, he does. Dana White knows how to market himself, right? But yeah. if, if you look at it, all the people who are huge stars in the UFC, the biggest of the biggest, were people who marketed themselves very well. Connor no. marketed himself very well. At one point, Ronda marketed herself very well. Um, Brock Lesnar at one point marketed himself very well because he came from an uh, from Crossover. a from a sport that was about self marketing, right? Uh, Chel Sonnen made his own persona and was the guy who marketed himself. He's never that big, but you know you get where I'm going with it. He's the guy who wrote the book on how to do the thing that everyone else made huge from. Right. Sean O'Malley will be big because Sean O'Malley can market himself. Right. Yeah. The UFC has never done someone who is not marketable justice. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. Like you have to. So when it comes to marketing, like there, we, we could be talking about two entirely different things. There's an entire team with ad campaigns. I, I know how they, this all works. T, yeah. TV spots. And then there's just like, is this person someone that people enjoy? Sure. Right. People didn't actually enjoy Floyd Mayweather when he, you know, they didn't enjoy him when he was a pretty boy Floyd, right? Right, right, right? What it did, what it did become was you're right. He stepped in in that fight with De La Hoya. He did something that a lot of people perceived as really rash and racist. He put on the hat, you know, the the sombrero, and uh, and you know, and he came out in the Mexican. He came out in uh, the poncho Fucking, with the Mexican uh, Tyson, flag. Tyson Fury did the same shit. I'm saying, I'm saying, <laughs> and it's like he came you know he came out and uh 
And then that's what started that trend. I, I agree with you, man. I think that the UFC... So here's what's going to happen next, right? Dana is going to stay on for another five years, right? Because there's no one else that can fill his gap yet. Sure. I was going to tell you, funny thing was Chel Sonnen was the one guy that Dana White thought could actually do the job, which was really interesting. This I, like Chell. I like Chell a lot. Honestly. I like Chell. I like Chell a lot. I they think his, uh, his takes are way better than, than most. No, his assessments... Just him talking about his suit closet is better than most of the content. He's a good, he's a good storyteller. He's a very <laughs> good storyteller. But they need to bring in, so they need to bring in someone that can do marketing on all levels True. for each, you know, for the fighters. And I know Kamar Uzman uh, actually, she follows us. I'm not going to shout her name out, but she actually followed us on IG. His manager, I thought it was his sister, but his manager does a really good job of marketing him outside of the sport as a man of color two other interests and as a Nigerian and that you're right. So they need that, but they're not going to do it. You know why? Cause that costs them money, right? <laughs> like, so let right. me tell you the what UFC they did. Is all about stacking money and not, uh, not <laughs> actually paying anyone or, or doing anything with the money. But look, look, look at it historically. So Connor's blackout moment when he came out to fight Max, I believe it was Max Holloway in Boston. They gave him the blackout treatment. Rest in peace to my buddy, Alex, uh, Alex Santana, because he was the one that pointed out, he was like, dude, he's not even the fighter that's ranked here. I think Max Max Holloway was definitely ranked higher, sure. and he came out to the blackout treatment. That's a big deal, but that is the, the extent of what they did for marketing for him, and then everything else was him pumping sure. himself while he was injured after that yeah. fight. My the point, thing my po sorry, my point with the whole thing was is that every superstar in the UFC was not a product of the UFC. They were a product of being being good at marketing for themselves. Right. Absolutely, it no, absolutely. Never, UFC, no one was ever like, bro, that guy, like, the UFC made that dude. It's like, no. Like, these people made the UFC, right? No. You know, Ronda put women on the map. Connor yeah. validated the sport. And, uh, you know, whoever comes up next will drive it home and, and make it so it's a staple. It's a household thing, right? That's yeah. where they are at the moment. GSP made it big. For, he made it. He was the first gentleman fighter. Sure. There's no, there's no doubt about it. I don't. I hated GSP for a long time because I didn't understand the sport. And I just thought he was a boring fighter. When I went back and rewatched his entire catalog, I was like, Masterful. this man is amazing. Yeah. He's a master martial artist. Uh, I wanted to ask you real quick about your thoughts on the Megan Anderson, Amanda Nunez thing, seeing as how we're going to watch illegal murder. And uh, um, so this here's here's my opinion. Quick, uh, Nunez wins by whatever way she wants. Um, right. But it's good for Megan Anderson to get her name out there. That's what it so, is. Because at some point, when Nunez doesn't want to fight anymore, I don't know if there's anyone in that division for Megan Anderson. Right? That's the thing. No. Right? So she no. will be a champion in, in in the UFC at one point, but it won't be while Nunez is there. So here's the thing, right? So, you know, you're an avid sports fan. You've been watching sports, played sports. For that, divi that division and 135 to stay alive, they have to be out actively scouting and recruiting, not just from their own local yeah. feeders. They they got to be ready to bring women in. I think actually women's MMA is starting to get to that place now where there are more and more people sure. developing at an earlier age. So we're going to see some stuff. As long as the sport sticks around, it's going to be good. My fear for this fight coming up, right? It's not going to diminish Nunez's star. We're going to get to see her be dominant again. But if she loses to Megan Anderson... We're all going to have to take a step back here and really, really look at the legitimacy of the 145 division. 
Because then it's going to be the only way Megan wins this fight is if she catches her with something well destru- destructive or told to the eye. Her, right. her well, there, that's, her. that's the option. Uh, that's how she beat uh, Misha Tate, maybe. Pat um, same shit. They're both fucking awful. Um, Misha Tate. The pioneer of the sport, for God's sake. <laughs> she is awful, though. Don't she disrespect Gina Carano like that. Um, oh, no, Gina the Carano. way that Anderson wins it, let's be, let's be fair, is she is probably half a foot taller than, than yeah. Nunez, right? She's probably faster, right? No. no, you don't think so? No, she's she's a big lumbering woman, but I know where you're going with this. Go ahead. She I hear it. has to hit her from the outside. You can't let Nunez yes. get inside. You can't let Nunez take you to the grounds. You have to outstrike her from the outside. Will Megan Anderson do that? I don't know if we've ever seen her do that in one of her fights. She's she tends to get into the clinch and and get her to the ground and and the exact opposite thing that you want to do for, for against Nunez, right? So that striking from the outside is going to have to do that. She trains out of. Kansas City, she's, which she's, I believe is Henry the the Martin. She's, uh, she's with uh Anthony Smith and those guys. Okay, uh, is that not yeah. the same camp as um Pettis and uh, no, that's no, out, no, that's no, out that's of not. fucking Minnesota or some shit. Yeah, um, I know, I know, I know the guys you're talking about. I so here's the thing, Nunez is going to take her down because she might have a little problem punching up. There's some you lose a little power sure. like and heading up to that angle. The only way I see <laughs> Megan Anderson winning this, if like we see an elbow game that we've never seen before, follow me if you will. When she's coming in and from the jab, if she's willing to get in there and hit her with elbows and bust Nunez up, because Nunez has only been this dominant person for a few fights, right? She's she's not always been, but she's grown leaps and bounds. Sure, but she can still be out muscled. That's actually how Kat Zingano beat her. Katsugana well, just that was a really up. really early Nunez before she had developed into the into the fighter that she is, right? Uh no, her strike. All right, so here's the thing. I'm gonna bust up that fluke act right now, right? Okay. We're gonna we're gonna start putting some metrics on here. What's improved most about Nunez is her gas tank. Her striking looks exactly the same. Okay, it's it's you know what I'm saying. Like her jujitsu has gotten a lot better. Her intelligence, her fight IQ. Sure. But she is not what you would call a world-class striker. And I that's agree. when I was most angry at Joe Rogan when he put her. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> let's, let's be real about it. She's not throwing combos that are like they're going to make or break or shake your mind. But she sure. does have power and she does have a good lot of timing. Power. Yeah, a lot of power. A for lot sure. of power. And she, she puts out a damage, but I think the most deadly thing about Nunez is not her power, but it's the fact that she's powerful and she can take you down and dominate you. Yeah. I think that Slevchenko actually proved that if you're a technical fighter, you could take her into some water she doesn't want to go to. Man, that's that girl, was that's right? a robbery that's, that's there, a, man. Valentina Shevchenko is, is one of the, the yeah. single most incredible fighters in the UFC, right? There, you know, and there, there yeah. is no two ways around it, around it right? Um, yeah. she's incredible. Uh, Rose is, 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 is incredible. Amazing. Is, right. Amazing. Rose's striking is, is, is incredible, but Valentina is on another level, right? Yeah. She's, she's doing the, the Jessica eye kick. She had set up for the entire rounds, right. Yeah. And just seeing how she reacted to every different way she had stepped towards her there. Um, I don't know if Shevchenko beats Nunez though. You know, I think she did in that last fight, but I don't know if she does in this next one, right? If I don't think it'll ever happen, right? There's no reason for a trilogy. 
right? Because you'd have to, it would have to be a best of five and not a, uh, and not a best of three, right? Yeah, because she's, uh, she's already mean, down 0 2. Yeah, she's down 0 2. She'd have There's to no win reason. the next three. <laughs> like, all right, they're fighting five times. Fuck it. I'd watch it. I'd watch every and, bit of it. Unfortunately, women's MMA is, I don't think it's quite there yet where people are going to just watch it just because it's champ versus champ. And they're going to be like, well, wait, she lost twice. What's going to be different? We know Nunez's game plan. Sure. But I actually think that uh, Subchenko, her ground game and her def- takedown defense is starting to get to a place where Nunez might lose that advantage. And she might have to do the one thing she doesn't want to do with Slevchenko, which is. Yeah. Strike. No one wants to strike with that woman. There are, there are men. In what in what she fights, she fights 115, right? No, 125. 125. There are men in 125 who don't want to strike with her. No, right? absolutely not. Because her she's so technically sound that absolutely it's not. uh it's 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 very it's very it's incredible. Um I feel like one day she'll make a really good coach. Oh, absolutely. Right. She should coach your sister. That's the first person <laughs> she should start with. <laughs> yeah, there are a few people in the UFC that I think will make really good coaches at one point. Um, I think I think Askren would make a good coach because of how good of uh, a wrestler that he is. Um, I DC will make one of the best coaches to go down in history for sure. At one point, John will be a very good coach uh, because I think John has the best fight IQ of all of all time. Um, GSP was an amazing coach. You know what, buddy? I'm going to bring you my copy of his season on Tough, and for no other reason, watch his season because he was by far GSP. GSP Chell Sonnen, boom, best coaches in tough history. Interesting. There's not even not even an argument. The way Chell Sonnen worked with Uriah Hall that season to help him get over mental barriers in the fights, mm-hmm. I've never seen. That's what changed my heart about Chell. I was like, man, this guy is really good. GSP taught his fighters how to be martial artists. Something Dude, that's the, the best part about that season is he brings that drunk. Uh, the drunk Frenchman, the drunk Frenchman, in, and he's just kicking the shit out of everybody for the fun of it. And, yeah. And, and GSP is like, yes, well, he uh, he may drink and smoke before the practices, but we cannot do that. We are not made the same. Uh, we have to work hard to be that good. <laughs> you know what's funny? It's against Josh Koscheck, one of my favorite <laughs> In all of MMA, Bellator paid him. I don't actually. I wonder how that works with the contract. Did they give him the money up front and then he didn't show? And he had I to hope. Pay <laughs> no, he just disappeared and lost their number. <laughs> it's like this, this weird number that says uh, Bellator keeps calling Bell- me. <laughs> like, didn't you steal a hundred million dollars? What do you mean? He they paid me. I left. <laughs> do you do you think we're ever gonna go back and finish that mission in Division Two? No, there's no reason to. <laughs> Where's your pride, for God's sake? What pride? The pride is knowing when or when not I've been defeated. I've been defeated, and I can call that. That is absolutely a thing that has happened. You're not going to go out like Sean O'Malley on your IG. Yoel Romero is another one that danced on the leg, and I was like, come on, man, you look crazy right now. Also, he got away with saying some pretty racist stuff, and no one ever called him. No, like, no, no, no. They've called him out on it, but they've recorded the video, but we're afraid that you all might show up and yeah. that 75 year old Cuban man would murder everyone in sight. <laughs> like there's a man that sounds like Cookie Monster in the waiting room. He's absolutely terrified. And then it's the, it's the scene from the IT crowd where the guy opens the window and jumps out, jumps out the window. 
<laughs> Yo, I'm jumping out every window not to fight Yoel, man. I wonder what he's his undisclosed maybe injury the was. Fucking scariest human ever. He's up Paul there. Costa. Paul Costa is gonna get. Uh, he's gonna get starched. He's gonna get served. Maybe. He's gonna get served. I don't, I, I don't think. Paul, I go back. I, I'm not sold in Paul Costa. I go back and forth on this, man. I know. I'll tell you what sucks, though. That game. I was watching some gameplay of it and the glitches. It you looks, know the glitches? It looks bad. It looks bad. <laughs> One of my friends was like, dude, it's not going. Don't buy it yet. Wait for the fucking, wait for the 19 patches that it needs first. <laughs> yeah, I was watching someone get put in the armbar and they floated away. <laughs> <laughs> I love when that happens. I got all right, but you, 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 what are you gonna do? You, you want me to take us out? Are you gonna take us take out? Take us How out, we Steve. You did so well last week. We're gonna, you know, fifty. You know, the fifties are the era of Steve. The fifties are the era of Steve. I'm gonna be forty next May thirtieth. That's amazing, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Talking with a Dad. You know where to find us if you wanted to find us on our social media platforms. It's all Talking with a Dad. That's IG, Facebook. If you want to check out the website, talkingwithadad.com, and you can find us on any podcast platform, all talking with a dad, one word. Google us, first thing that come up.